Thanks for joining us for the Westbridge Church Podcast. More information about Westbridge Church is available at westbridgedanville.com. Here's this week's message from Pastor John McDougall. As a faith family, we're moving into an important month. And last month, we talked about, we kicked off our ministry year with a focus on our big initiative, which was Go Bless. Today, we are going to really unlaunch or, or uh, launch, relaunch the, uh, the whole idea that's going to drive this, the heartbeat behind the Go Bless. And so we'll get to that in just a moment. But first, it's good to be reminded of, okay, where are we going? What's our strategy for this ministry year? So what we've done is put this on a half sheet, which should be in the chair in front of you, that I encourage you grab this. And I use this as a prayer reminder for me, but it's just a great template Three things remain the same, our mission, vision, and process. Our mission is to help each other become fully devoted followers of Christ. This past Monday, a friend of mine asked me, hey, what kind of church is Westbridge? And it was neat. I knew he was fishing for denomination, but I said, We're a G- we are a Christ-centered, Bible-based, love-fueled church. That's who we are. And that idea of we're here to help each other follow Jesus Christ. But then our vision, if we're following him, What's going to happen in this place? And this picture of a a little outpost of heaven here on earth, that we will, as we become like Christ, we will be a blessing to those around us. And it it looks like this five things. Our hearts will be shaped to be like Christ, a love for God, a growing love for God expressed in worship, compassion for those who are are not a part of our faith family, love for each other, the, the love of Christ beating in our hearts for each other, and then courage to take that next step of growth, whatever that looks like, and then a humility to to serve those around us. And so the question then is process. How do we get from devoted to fully devoted? And it's a lifelong process, but we agree together on five habits that really form the structure for, for our spiritual development. And these habits are one, we gather weekly worship. And this Resurrection Sunday, we get together just to, to recenter on our Lord and express our love to him. We all have one life that we're praying for, someone who's far from God. We are in a small group. We're uh, meeting daily with, with God, and we call this our chair time, but it's the most important meeting of the day where we meet with him and his word through prayer. And then the fifth is that we're all involved in a ministry, serving in a ministry somehow. And then on the back, we have our, the strategy for the year that we'll, we'll get to. But a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned in February, as our leadership team was praying around Where is God leading us as a church family for this ministry season? Two words surfaced. And the first word was this word, bless, go bless. The idea that as we come to faith in Christ, we receive blessing after blessing, but it's not just to absorb the blessing, but it's to deliver it, to share it with those around us. And this past Sunday, we we made a commitment. We, We said, all right, who would be in for working this blessed plan? And if you don't have one of these cards, we have them in back. But really, it's just to say, I'm going to do my best to be a blessing to my family, my church family, and our community, our, my neighborhood, and, and where I work. And we have a, a specific plan in, in terms of begin with prayer, listen, eat together, serve, and then share our faith story. And we threw that out as an opportunity to, to commit. And um, so thankful and really just pumped up to share with you. We had over 400 of us say, count me in. I'll go do my best to, to work this plan. And I just, I felt the momentum 
and what God's going to do in us and through us, it's going to be exciting. And so today is another opportunity. Today and next week, we'll have this, uh, you can tear this card off, it's the blessed commitment. But if you'd like to be a part of this, if you were away last week or you're still praying about making this commitment, you can tear that off, drop it in the offering plate later. You may say, why? Commitment, we talked about last week, it's helpful to just make us, we grow through commitment. When we sign our name and just say, I'm in, there's something about that that helps us follow through. The other thing is a church staff will be resourcing you with resources to help you as you set out to go bless. And so we'll build a database and then be um, sending out regular encouragements and, and uh, just equipping, equipping us all to go bless. So before we get into the, uh, the, the second word, though, so I was thinking about this whole in- initiative to, we're praying, Lord, make me a blessing. This past week, watching it already happen among us was so neat. And Sunday afternoon, a number of you stuck around to help us with our all-church work day and just wanted to say thank you for uh, all those who helped on the inside and the outside get our campus ready for winter. But also, we're planning for a, a celebration party. We're calling it the Go Bless Party, but it'll be um, June the 2nd. Sunday, June the 2nd, where we're going to just have a picnic and a party to to end all out there and really in our worship time, thank the Lord for what he's done in us and through us over this past year. So thanks for your help in that. And then this past week was the week we were able to host three families who are moving from homeless to, to getting back on their feet. Here in our church, they spent, they stayed with us and we shared meals with them and it was so neat to watch you embody the love of Christ as you stepped up and just shared his hospitality. And a big thank you to uh, John and Ann Johansson, who handed off the baton to Jen Drakowski, Matt and Jen. And, and uh, Jen picked this thing up and just ran with it. And um, great, awesome week. I was walking in to church early yesterday morning. And as I'm walking in, there's a car with the trunk up. And one of the dads out there filling up the trunk with his two young boys. And out walks mom. And this week, they were getting back on their feet. And they weren't driving to family promise. They were driving to their new place. And I thought, man, what a gift to have the opportunity to bless this family. And I watched a number of you moms sit around a table with with her and just encourage her and as well, caring for their kids, and we got to shoot baskets with this dad, and we may never see him again, but we, we met them, and we were able to be a small part of their life, and now we can pray for them, that God will just help them launch, and they've got challenges ahead, but uh, there's hope, and the ultimate hope is Jesus Christ, and so just an awesome opportunity. Thank you to everyone who was a part of that, and then thinking about what's coming with Thanksgiving, one of the neat opportunities as a church family is we get to, we've been blessed to be a blessing, and Joan Harrell is leading our Go Bless Thanksgiving meal delivery plan. And this is on Thanksgiving morning. We will be serving around 500 meals throughout the community to families who, who are going through a tough time. And if you'd like to be a part of that team, we're starting signups today, a table in back or on your bulletin. But excited for that. And then one more Go Bless highlight is the chance to welcome the Baker family. And we have a picture of Brandon and Katie. They're two, they have twin boys, Ben and Eli. And then little uh, 
Hannah, who is, isn't that an awesome picture? She is just glad to be alive and kicking on a beach in Michigan, I believe that is. But uh, really neat to hear their stories. And the go blessed piece of this is they had moved around. They ended up, and they're in this season. They moved, and then they had these twins. And if you've had, those of you who have had twins, it, it, it sounds like just a marathon of a couple months. And sure enough, six months, Brandon's looking at Katie, and she's crying, saying, I've got to get to a church family. They have been a, a part of a church family, but had moved in. You can't go to church with twins, and I mean, what are you going to hand these over to the nursery? And but desperate, he said, "Okay, let's go and let's try Westbridge." And so they show up, scared mom, concerned dad, two little kids, and who's the first person they see as they round the corner? And it's Kimmy Howard, and she mans that nursery desk and is just with the love of Christ, big smile. These takes those twins. Mom feels good, but it doesn't stop there. Tim and Kimmy invite them over for lunch. Go bless. And they're already working the plan. Let's eat together. And they shared how much that meant to them just to be able to be with them. And then uh, Oppie, Ryan Oppie, Tri-West baseball coach, connects with Brandon. Brandon, big into sports. And he uh, starts bugging him, saying, hey, would you join? come join uh, me and Don Johnson for our biweekly discipleship meeting at Mickey D's. And Brandon's like, eh, nah, I'm good, nah, good, nah. Oppie wouldn't let up, just keeps on, hey, come on. He finally shows up, and Brandon shared that meeting where we just get together and encourage each other in a walk with God is one of the highlights of my week now. And just like, go bless. Isn't that a great picture of it? We have been blessed to be a blessing, and, and it's happening. And now they're joining our team and officially becoming members today. And so would you join me in welcoming these guys, I'll be weaving their faith story through the message a little bit more, but, but so thankful for them. All right, well today with the backdrop of this Go Bless initiative as our everyday mission, we move into that second word that, that we had talked about, and it's the word pure. Our capacity to go blessed really hinges and will grow in direct proportion to the purity of our heart. And when we say pure, it's that thought, it, am, is my heart beating with a pure love for God and for those around me? When God was looking for a leader through which he would bless the nation of Israel and ultimately bless the world, what was he looking at? And do you remember when Samuel, the prophet in Israel, was going through Jesse's sons, and he's watching these guys come and interviewing them to be king, and he sees one and says, surely this guy's the king. He looks like a king. He's got the stature, the build, the, the presence of a king. And God says this to him in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look on the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God, as he looks at us, and even as we think, okay, where is God at work in our lives and in our hearts this year? His focus is on our heart, not just what we do or even our abilities, talents, but rather from what motive are we doing them? And, and he's seeking a purity of heart. We see uh, David, you say, okay, where do we see this in David? And, and Ultimately, we know it was David that was chosen, and in Psalm 51, we get a glimpse of it in 
This is a, a psalm of repentance after he had failed. But listen to what he prays in verse 10. He says, create in me a pure heart, O God. Asking God to, to just purify his heart after he had sinned against him. And he says, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And then we hear Jesus as he comes showing us the, the way of, of blessing, the path of blessing. And remember we looked at that a couple of weeks ago where Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, blessed are those who, and he, he begins to list off this path of blessing. This is how you live the blessed life, or literally happy are those who, who live like this. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, we see a profound statement as he says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You think about what he's offering here, really, he's saying, okay, for those who, who are pursuing a purity of heart, there's the possibility of it, but also the reward of it. The reward is not one of these temporary gifts that will fade when we fade. What's the reward he, he, he's promising here? It's that we will see God, that idea that we will know him, and rather than just receive a gift that he's given us, we will run into the arms of the giver. This is the ultimate gift, but it's for those who have a pure heart. And so we ask the question, okay, when David says, create in me a pure heart, and when Jesus says, if you will go this way, you will be blessed, like this is the path to the happy life, what does a, a pure heart look like? What, what is that? And we often think immediately of uh, something that is pure. There's two concepts that revolve around this as we look at a, a biblical perspective of a pure heart. The first is, where our mind normally goes is it's a heart that is free from contaminants. And immediately, I know my mind went to water. And when we have pure water, it's water that is completely what we want it to be. It doesn't have anything that would violate its character as water. So, you know, when your, your kids are little and you, they want to drink of your uh, whatever, your water, and they drink and then they kind of spit some stuff back in there and there's floaties. And it's been contaminated, right? It's, it's no longer pure. One of the images that comes to my mind is of a, we were on a mission trip to, uh, we're leading a group of students to a, another country, and they had warned us that uh, do not drink their water. If you do, the bug will take you out. Game, set, match, you'll be running to the restroom. And so we were very careful to drink only what was coming through these, they had these big, the, you know, the, the uh, blue jugs of purified water. And so we'd fill up our water bottles each day. We would even go so far as to brush our teeth only with this purified water. And so one morning I was out having chair time, and, and uh, not, not, there were very few people up and about. And over at, by that building, there was half a dozen of these big blue jugs stacked up outside. And I see a guy come up and turn on a hose and start filling up these jugs with tap with the water. <laughs> I'm like, no way. Yes way. And sure enough, that night, we just started dropping like flies. I mean, it was game, set, match. We, we didn't see it. You know, it, it was uh, water we thought was pure. We were, we were consuming it. And, and it reminds me that why, why is this a big deal to God? It's because he loves us. And where there is impurity of heart, it always hurts him us those around us where there's a contaminant it will destroy sin always disintegrates the soil remember jesus said what's again if 
profit a person to gain the whole world and yet lose your soul. And he wasn't talking just about the end, but rather who we were created to be. Where there is a, a, an impurity of heart, it will eat through the interior and ultimately hurt the exterior. And so um, we hear the warnings in Scripture, Galatians 6, 9, do not be deceived, God is not mocked, a person reaps what they sow. If we sow to please the flesh, we have this impurity and we, we, we go this way, we will reap destruction, but if we sow to please the Spirit, to follow God's way, that's where the life is. And that's what Jesus is saying, blessed are the pure in heart, why David's praying, create in me a pure heart that's free from the, the uh, guilt of sin, but also a sinful lifestyle. But there's another aspect to this purity of heart. As we pray, create in me a pure heart. It's free from contamination. It's related, but it's slightly different. And it's the idea of a pure heart as a heart that wants one thing. It's undivided in its devotion. It has one passion, one pursuit, such that the, the motives are not tainted with, with hypocrisy or ulterior motives, but rather it's, it's focused. And there's this purity of of love, a, a purity of, of love for God, a purity of love for those around us. And we see it over in, in uh, the great commandment. Remember they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And, and Jesus answers, Matthew chapter 22, love the Lord your God. That's the agape him. Just love him. But notice what he says, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. What's the common word? It's that purity of, of love. Then Jesus tells a story over in Matthew 13 that helps us get a glimpse of it. As he says, the, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and he sold all that he had and he bought that field. What's, what's the common word again? Oh. It's like, he kept nothing. Why? There's this purity of love, purity of devotion. It's worth his all. And then Matt, uh, we see it play out in everyday life, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So what, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. As I was listening to Brandon and Katie share their faith story, I saw a picture illustrated of, of this this, what pure devotion looks like, and it was what many of us feel where God's shaped us and created us with certain loves for life, and for them, it's centered on sports. Katie's dad is a college, was a college basketball coach for, for a Jetson University, and so Katie grew up a hoopster, and from, we have this picture of her from the time she was just a little girl. She uh, was playing basketball, and it led her to some success and in the realm of basketball. Brandon, same thing. He grew up in the shadows of Notre Dame. He grew up in Michigan, but, but uh, his dad just, and family just loved football. And early on, there was birthed in his soul a pure devotion for football. And it led him to some success where uh, Notre Dame missed out on having him. But uh, he ended up walking on at, at Auburn University as a defensive back and made the team. Some things happened, and then he, he walked on at Michigan State. Dewey, are you in here? The, uh, this is for you, man. Michigan State, any other Michigan State fans in the house? But here he is. And if you hear his story, 
Um, we don't have time to get into it, but he's like, Ru- he's our Rudy, right? <laughs> have you seen the movie where smaller guy, but uh, just, he made it. How? Fully devoted. Um, pure passion, pure love for football. The, uh, now he's working for John Force Racing. And if you know drag racing, you know John Force is kind of the, he's the guy. And he, he's the graphic design artist. We have a picture of one of the cars that Brandon did. And then racing is a picture of pure passion and pure devotion. In the, it's to cross that finish line. And Brandon shared this race happened just a couple weeks ago. The, uh, this car's on the left. Robert Hyde has won the race, but his car has exploded and he is in the wall. So, wins the race, pure passion. But uh, this was a bad moment. Slow motion, you can really see it. So this is the car that Brandon designed. Nice paint job. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So a couple Sundays ago when this happened, the whole team gets a call. Guys, we're going to all have to put in some extra time this week. And sure enough, team comes together. Why? To help, and thankfully the driver was fine, kept the car rolling. Pure passion. A picture of pure devotion. And so, our prayer over these next five weeks is that God would create in us a pure love for Him and for those around us. And to help us, we have these water bottles. Hopefully there was one on your chair. A big thanks to our staff, Marcy, Joan, Abby who uh, helped put this together, but the verse, it's Psalm 51.10, create in me a pure heart. And as we put these water bottles wherever they may get our attention, maybe your nightstand or in your fridge or in your car, just to be um, reminding us to be pursuing purity, a heart that's growing in a, a pure devotion for our Lord. And so today, our focus is going to be pursuing purity in the realm of our love for God, and that we would just be um, moving closer. And again, this is something that unfortunately at the end of five weeks, we're still going to have some room to grow in this, but the incredible promise of God is this is a possibility that our hearts can grow in, in a pure devotion to Him. And so to help us with that, we're going to dig into uh, Psalm chapter 86, verses 11 to 13, and what we find in this psalm is really a pathway in those moments that we're feeling distant from God, and when we realize that our hearts are divided, and maybe we're not loving God with with our entire heart, this is a a simple prayer to pray, a simple pathway that leads us back. We'll, We'll look at three checkpoints that will help us grow in a purity, in our purity of love for God. So we'll start in verse 11, which says, Um, David's praying and he says, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness or walk in your truth. So David's just, he's being teachable, humble, surrendered. Show me, Lord, which way you want me to go. And when you show me, I'm in. But here comes the, the checkpoint. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name, that I may revere your name. Here David is asking God to, to unite his heart around one purpose, and that's to live for the glory of God's name. So the checkpoint is, give me an undivided heart. So this is what, where we would just pray, Lord, give me a heart 
that, that really it's a prayer for a purity of heart, but a heart that wants one thing, and that's your glory. David's feeling the same conflict that we often feel where for those of us who have come to faith in Christ, we are new creations in Christ. And God gives us a desire to, to know him and to love him and to follow him. But we also have our old nature still battling within us. And it's that conflict, that war that we want to live for ourselves and lift ourselves up and be, be self-led rather than, than God-led. God but God's clear. Blessed are the pure in heart. David tasted purity of heart and it led him to pray this. Lord, give me an undivided heart. He tasted purity of heart. I think that day when he walks out onto the battlefield as a young man, probably 17 years old, and there's a giant from the, other, the enemy ripping on the living God, trash-talking the living God, and something lit up in his soul where he says, who is he to defile the, defile the armies of the living God and trash-talk our God? And he charges him with a sling. And remember the... David says, the giant starts, what are you coming at me? You're a little kid. You're like a dog. And David's like, you're coming at me with a big spear. I'm coming at you in the name of the living God. And he, he takes him out. But that battle is over. Life goes on. David gets promoted, and the song begins to play. Remember the song? People are singing, young ladies singing, Saul has killed his thousands but David his ten thousands, to which David shouts, no, 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 no. This is God doing this. I'm a willing instrument, but this is God. But that song, I kind of like my name in there. I mean, it, 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 it rhymes, it fits, it's nice. The giant's dead. But the real giant lives, the giant of pride, and it's stalking his soul. And so he prays, God, give me an undivided heart that I wouldn't be seeking the glory of my name, but seeking the glory of your name alone. And have you been there in your own life? Even as we set out, and it's one of the toughest, set out to go bless, right? We're like, all right, let's go. Start the day. Go bless. And we do. We, God uses it. We go out and we do some good. But in the midst of doing that good, we realize, oh, man, tainted motive right here. 60% of that was like pure love for God and others. But there's 40% of that where I was worried about how I looked and trying to elevate myself. And, ah, and so what do we do? Spiral into self-condemnation, hear the lie of the enemy. You're a sorry excuse for a Jesus follower. Hypocrite. You ought to be further along in the process that than you are right now. And we say, oh, no. I'm a dearly loved child of God. My righteousness is not my own. It's Jesus Christ, his righteousness I rely on. And we pray the prayer, Father, forgive me. And then we say, give me an undivided heart. Unite my heart to love you alone. And that moment of failure actually becomes an opportunity to pursue purity. And then David takes us to the second checkpoint in verse 12, as he says, and this is neat, the first checkpoint's a request. Give me an undivided heart. Only God can do that. But then notice what he does. He makes a resolution in verse 12. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name. Isn't that good? And notice the common word again there, all. Lord, give me an undivided heart. And then he pivots and says, as for me in this moment, one thing I can do is I'm going to live in the habit of praise. And I'm going to praise you with everything I've got. And he starts turning everything into praise. 
And as I mentioned earlier, so for us, it's like, Lord, the weather, beautiful, thank you, and these gifts that you've given me. But the greatest gift of all, and, and where his mind goes, is the next checkpoint, which is the reason for our praise. Verse 13, for great is your love for me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. And where David goes on this third checkpoint, so not only he says, Lord, give me an undivided heart, I will praise you with all my heart. And then third, he goes, refocuses on the reason for his praise, for great is your love for me. And his focus is the redeeming love of his God, which delivered him not only from physical death, but spiritual death. And for us, this is where we return to the cross. And we kneel, tainted hearts, hearts that are still impure, hearts that are still not where they should be, and yet there we receive the grace of our, our God as Jesus gave his life that we might have life, forgiveness of sin, and through faith in him receive eternal life. And so there we say, God, thank you, and I praise you. And then we hear him as we kneel at the cross say, say what he did to Peter. Do you love me? And what do we all say? <laughs> not like I should, but what's he say? get up and go bless. With what you've got, let's get up and go bless. And he does what only he can do in us and through us. As I was listening to, to uh, Brandon and Katie share their faith story, it was interesting that there was a theme that surfaced, and it was grace, and really the great love of, of God for them. And Brandon shared that he grew up in a Christian home. Katie did as well. But in Brandon's home, they actually prayed like almost every night while he was a little kid, so family prayer. And, uh, but recently, he, he's, he, he writes this, God has been revealing so many areas in my heart that I've been blind to. He, both he and Katie put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as kids, but this process has revealed that he's, he's blind to some things, and he says, I'm stubborn, but he doesn't give up on me. And I'm so humbled by that. He continues to pursue me with his grace. Great is his love toward me. And then as Katie was sharing her story, I was tracking with it and I was writing down some notes in my journal. And one time she said two words that I wrote down and it was these two words, pure grace. She said, or she writes here, as a teen and into my 20s, I did not walk with the Lord I sought freedom and ended up wandering aimless as an ended up a wandering aimless soul. I'm, I was looking for life in the world and I ended up in, empty and unfulfilled, weighed down with my sin and regret. But in all caps, she says, but God did not leave me here. He rescued me and redeemed my life when I was 29 years old. Through his church, he revealed his gracious, undeserving love for me. And forgiveness for the, those prodigal years that were spent far from him. He gently laid it on my heart to seek the truth of who he was. And it was through the, this journey that I recommitted my life to him. And then here's what she writes. Today, my heart's greatest desire is to know and love the Lord. Isn't that awesome? What God has given her. What, what is that that she's describing? It's a heart that's beating with a pure love for him. That will lead her into a blessed life. But more than, but even on top of that, 
what she will receive is that God is going to pour his blessing through Brandon and Katie as they seek purity of heart. And as I was listening to them share their wiring, like how God shaped them, I saw them as symbolic of each of you and your families. Each one of us has unique passions, gifting, desires. And as Brandon and Katie were sharing, like what makes their heart beat fast, for Katie, it's people in need such that she got her degree in special education to care for kids who are um, have had really hard lives, and she spent her life. Right now, she's at home just pouring into her kids, but that's her heartbeat. And then I hear Brandon, when he was eight year, an eight-year-old boy, he was, um, their family, he had, his sister was born, born with Down syndrome, and early on, she developed leukemia, which the, the family prayed over, and in four months, she was delivered from that, a miraculous story. And today, 26 years later, she's still cancer-free. But what this did to this, this Brandon, which he's a defender on the football field, but God put a defending soul in him through having a sister like this so that when you, he walks into a room like this, his antenna is up for those in need, and he will go towards the one who is struggling and be their defender. And, and so I look at this couple, <laughs> and I'm just like, what is God going to do through them as they pursue a purity of heart? And then I think about you and me and how God shaped us all. And it just lights you up, doesn't it? To go bless for his glory. Our capacity to go bless rises proportionately with the purity of our heart. And so we pray, give me an undivided heart. And we decide, I will praise you with all of this heart, even as it's tainted, for great is your love for me. And we never take our eyes off the cross. The enemy would have us sliding into that pit of self-condemnation. We're not much. We're failures, whatever. We say, oh, no, no. So everyday life, it happens. Tomorrow, you go out, set out to go blessed. You, fight, you fail. The enemy says, good for nothing. You say, oh, no. I'm a sinner, yes, but I am a redeemed sinner. And we pray for forgiveness, but then we put this Psalm 86 into, into play. And I encourage you, jot it down. It's really a roadmap back into to the love of God, to, to loving Him passionately. And so right there, Monday morning, we pray it. Lord, give me an undivided heart. You've revealed an impurity in me, a part of me that needs to go. So purify that. Take that away, and He will. I was thinking about this. Can any, is God big enough to purify your heart? <laughs> yes. Can you purify your heart? No. I mean, we are tainted in ways that we can't change, but he promises that he will. And so it starts with prayer. Lord, purify my heart. Give me an undivided heart. But then second, it's that resolution. I'm going to dance right here and praise you, God, for who you are. I'm going to, this heart of mine, if pride is the great enemy that divides the heart, praise is the great antidote that reunites it and sets it to how it's meant to be. Have you felt that? When, when we just start praising God, that's the blessed path, isn't it? it? It's miserable as we look at our own depravity and, and chase our own way. That's misery. But as we praise Him, there's a, a life in that. We reconnect with Him, and then what do we praise Him for? Great is your love for me. And I'm not going to get up and go from the cross. I'm just going to be right here. Proof forever. That we are loved by God. He gave his son for us. We are blessed, aren't we? And so 
We come to praise him today as we come to communion. And just to remember, it's a celebration of, of his love. It's also a, a time where we can seek purity of heart. Just pray, Lord, give me an undivided heart. I praise you for what you've done, for your great love. And so would you join me as we pray for the bread. Father, we thank you for your word to us today and just this call into a purity of heart. And I pray that as a church family this year that you would let this be our longing, that you would just create a, a deep passion to have hearts that beat with a pure love for you and the people around us. Jesus, I thank you that we don't rest on our own righteousness, our own purity of heart, but ultimately your heart. But, uh, but Lord, we do long to have a heart that's pure, and so we pray that you would do what only you can do. But today, Lord, as we end this hour, we just want to praise you for all that you've given us in Christ. You gave your very best. Father, you gave your son. Jesus, you gave your life to give us life at its best forever. Your great love is our reward, and you are our inheritance, and we celebrate that today and as we take this bread we remember Jesus your body and we offer up our bodies to you to be living sacrifices for your glory we pray all this in Jesus name amen